it, it's always better when it's it's their uh, vision, it's their purpose, it's their. I can give people strategies and run the numbers and all that all day long, but if they don't believe in what they're doing, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's not going to work. Welcome to Revelations, the place where we communicate truth to power. I'm Cole Johnson. I'm so glad you're able to join us. Our next guest owns an investment firm and provides financial advice to many retirees in the United States. His challenge is to help people identify their core values and reignite their dreams so they can live in retirement with fulfillment and purpose. Ladies and gentlemen, certified financial planner, author, and the host of the podcast, What the Wealth, Jonathan Bedner. And this is his revelation. How are you doing, sir? Cole, I am doing fantastic today. Uh, appreciate you having me on. Looking forward to this conversation. And, um, you know, I think that the saying that I've adopted lately is I'm better than I deserve. And I truly believe it. So glad mm. to be here. Uh, I'm glad that you are here. And uh, since you're a first time guest, well, we have to make you feel like you're at home. So we like to open things up with what we call open the way. All right, what opened the way, conversation starts when vulnerability enters the room. Now, you currently live in Tennessee, but your roots are in Arkansas. So uh, tell me more about your childhood. Yeah, so I grew up and lived quite a few places. Lived in Arkansas, Missouri, Louisiana. Um, Call Arkansas home is where most of my family still is today. Mm -hmm. Uh, Parents divorced when I was four. Um, got along pretty well, still get along pretty well, holidays, all of that together. So have a, um, I guess it feels normal to me. Uh, my wife would say there's nothing normal about how y'all celebrate, uh, <laughs> holidays and all that, uh, especially from kind of the, the, my family divorce, hers not. So, um, but yeah, you know, I think that's kind of what got me to where I am. Obviously I followed, followed my father's footsteps in the business, but um, being able to provide, you know, financial advice, retirement advice, investment advice to those that um, have similar struggles in life 
and being able to add some perspective to it, I think is, is kind of what I'm most passionate about. Um, so grew up mostly in Arkansas, went to school at the University of Arkansas, Walton College of Business in Fayetteville, big uh, Arkansas Razorback fan, college football fan, ready for the season to be started. Um, after that, I, I went straight into uh, to working with my father, which today we run and co-own Paradigm Wealth Partners, which is an investment and retirement planning firm based out of Knoxville, Tennessee. All right. Okay. So this is in your blood. Gotcha. All right. Okay. All right. Dad always told me when I was young, when, when you grow up, you're going to come work for me one day. And fast forward <laughs> 20 years, that's what happened. That's what happened. <laughs> so I don't know that I had much of a choice, but that's that's where we are today. Uh, what a loving father. I love that. That is, that is great. Uh, so... <laughs> Was this willingly in your blood or <laughs> was this forcibly placed in it? Uh, probably early on, forcibly encouraged. Mm -hmm. In hindsight, I don't know that I would do anything else in the world. I, I love what I do, uh, helping people, um, you know, really, and we'll probably get into this much later, but it's so much more than X's and O's and how much do you save? My beliefs are um, planted firmly in a quote that Cinderella says, and that is a dream is a wish your heart makes. And uh, that's early on. She's singing the song. That's one of the, you know, kind of the verses or, or parts of the song, but that's really where I started to come up with my thoughts around financial planning and, in order to have this purpose and this fulfillment that we all want, part of what you do uh, in your show and, and with your listeners is just help people kind of reveal and understand themselves. And then hopefully through that perspective, be able to understand maybe even more deeply about themselves. Um, and so where we start is really in our core values. What are the things that are most deeply rooted in, in you that are important? So, mm -hmm. you know, could be faith, could be family, could be friends, could be philanthropy, could be community, could be leadership, whatever it is. But mm -hmm. I believe kind of deep down, we've got two or three of these core values that kind of guide us. Um, and then from there, you know, we talk about, about our dreams. And this is not necessarily the dream of, I want to take a cruise around the world. There's nothing wrong with those, but right. these are the, the, the things when I'm talking, I'm really trying to get people to think about, you know, the old proverbial journal. I wish I want to be an astronaut and go to the moon. And you have these like grandiose visions. And what happens is those dreams start to die as reality of, of life sets in, we get older we mature, we have more responsibility, and the dreams start to die. So what I try to do is really reignite those dreams. Uh, and then what we do is, is we really tie those dreams and core values together so that all of the financial planning and the investment and the retirement conversations and strategies we develop mm -hmm. come back to, um, to, to enhance and fulfill those purpose. So that's, that's, that's where, you know, we focus around helping people. Okay. Yeah. That, that's good to know. Okay. And yeah, you're right. We are going to get more into that later for sure. 
Uh, okay, so what other interests did you have as, as a child? Of course, the financial world, that's obvious. Uh, you mentioned uh, you mentioned where you went to school so uh, and you went to college. So I know football is. I don't even have to even ask you that. <laughs> so, so besides those two <laughs> areas, uh, what, other, uh, what other interests did you have as a child? Um, those were the, the big ones. Um, I, I've been an entrepreneur at heart since I was a young age, you know, mowing lawns in the summer. You know, as I got into high school, it was – uh, mowing lawns all day and then unloading trucks at Coles at night. Um, mm. s- sports has been has been my life, you know, ever since I was you know, young. T ball, flag football, and then you know, growing growing up, um, sports has always been a big part of of who I am. It's still a big part of who who I am today. Mm. Um, and I believe we get a lot of of guidance and and trust and teamwork and confidence through those uh you know activities that we can uh rely on as, as part of our communities as part of our schools so sports is is the biggest thing that that i identify with all right well kent don't even have to ask the question what one thing do you can you relate from your sports love to the financial stuff you just mentioned that okay yeah. nice 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 all right so um what other acts in your teenage years, because you talked about having the hard work ethic instilled very young, uh, what acts in your teenage years contributed to the financial planner we see today? You know, a lot of it's probably just being kind of the man of the household at 12, 13, 14 years old, you know, mm-hmm. just having responsibilities that um, other people probably didn't have, and and by no means do I want to say I had the hardest life. There are people that have much harder lives than I did. Right. Um, but still, you know, having to kind of play that, um, the the protector, the male, the you know, the the person for, um, you know, a, a house with a, a younger sibling and a mom, mm-hmm. um, probably led to. Uh, just the understanding of more responsibility earlier in life and the importance of that, not taking it for granted that, you know, these decisions are serious and, and, um, you know, they can be very, um, there could be blessings with those decisions and there can be consequences for the decisions. And, um, you know, you need to think about the things you do and say before, you know, before you act and make those decisions. So I, I would say that's the biggest thing is, you know, probably, um, having more responsibility thrown on me early on than, than what a no- normal early teenager probably would have. We'll be right back with more Jonathan Bedner. There's a 100% chance of a laugh thunderstorm. Four men with different viewpoints take a movie, show, or documentary and review it uncensored, unfiltered, uncompromised, with no holds barred. Join BS3, Wilkes, King Dog, and HRAP B as they take on Hollywood their own way. BS3 Network proudly presents The Forecast, where HRAP always predicts. If I owe you something, I ain't got it. 
And if you need it, get it from God. Live every Monday at 8.30 p.m. Central. Check your local listings for your viewing and listening pleasure. Discouragement. Sorrow. Distance. Your arguments cause damage to your family. The hurt leads to divorce. You feel like there is nowhere else to turn. But there is hope for you. That's where we come into play. There is an overcomer that lives inside of you. One ready to take on the world as you leap for joy, living in victory. You'll grow to love yourself and others. There's life after divorce, and you can claim it today. Get over divorce, where your new story begins here every Thursday on YouTube and Spreaker. Certified financial planner, author, and the host of the podcast, What the Wealth, Jonathan Bedner, joins me on Revelations, and he has just opened the way quite well, I may add. And now it's time for us to take that walk across the bridge to prosperity. Now to Bridge Prosperity, we link childhood lessons with adult application. Now, in the last segment, you mentioned that you attended the University of Arkansas uh, and you went to the business school that they offer. Uh, was there another lane you wanted to drive down when you went to college? Um, no, not really. I, I, I kind of followed status quo, Went followed, you know, a lot of friends from, from high school went there. So I went there, um, you know, by that time I was pretty uh, heart set in stone of, of what I was going to do. I was going to go get a business degree. I was going to graduate and then I was going to go, you know, into the investment and financial planning world. And so, um, that, that was really at that time had, had, had kind of had it instilled, um, p- partly again from my father. Um, but the other part was just realizing that I had an entrepreneurial spirit. I like to, uh, be able to work for myself. I like some of this problem solving. I, I liked investment and money management and financial planning. Uh, and so really by that time, I kind of knew that's what I was going to be doing. Yeah, it's good to know that you had an understanding as to what you wanted to do, especially especially at that time in life. Many people don't, and it, and right. it causes additional um, stress. It, it, it delays life, not in a bad way. It just can mm-hmm. take some time to, to sort out really what you want to do. And um, I think some of this, I go back and forth. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. I think, kids need a gap year between graduating college and I mean, the high school and going to college. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometimes I think, you know, just push out and you'll find your way. And I think that's probably really where I lie for most people. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there is no wrong way. The, the ultimate way is the way that you are most comfortable with back to core values and dreams. I mean, you're, you're the only one that walks this road. And so, 
it's important to stay true to yourself. And, and if you're not, then, you know, take the next fork in the road and, and find your way, but you'll, you'll make it. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're exactly right about that. Uh, yeah. Definitely trust. Yeah. Trust your path. And yeah, you, you wouldn't be steered wrong. You're correct about that. So uh, were you solid with money uh, around that time or did you have to learn the hard way even then how to properly spend, save and invest? Yeah, I think with everything, there's immaturity. Um, and, and even as we age up, I mean, we're still immature about money. Um, right. and, and the more you make, the more you feel like you can spend. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, I mean, I think I've always been cognizant and aware. Um, there's always things that I, you know, look back and we could have done better on or wish I could have done better on. But um, it's it's always been especially someone that, you know, started, you know, mowing lawns in, you know, sixth and seventh grade, knocking on doors. Um, you know, I, I earned the money um, and, and not just from showing up to work and clocking in, which is nothing wrong with that either. But right. in a more entrepreneurial spirit where you're, you're, you've got to face the adversity of knocking on the door and them saying, no, I don't need my yard mowed or, um, or, you know, coals, you know, mow all day get home at five, eat, take a shower, be at Coles to unload trucks at six and be there till two o'clock in the morning just to kind of wash, rinse and repeat the next day. And so a lot of that just builds character. Um, and, and when you have kind of that first taste of freedom and you've got some of this money you've earned, um, you know, early on, while I think I was diligent with not blowing the money, I mean, I spent some, but I don't know that I just blew it. I do wish that I had taken a little bit more time to to invest then, um, especially in something like a Roth IRA where the money can grow tax free. I mean, I you're you're so much further ahead the sooner you start. Um, but I didn't have bad spending habits. I just probably didn't develop the investing habits quite as early as I would have liked personally. you know, to, to really build your financial foundation. The more time you've got to let uh, your foundation settle and build and compound and grow, uh, you know, really the better off you're going to be in the long term. And, and, and you know, keeping that time as your biggest asset um, mentality is, is really something that kind of sticks out, you know, as, as we just had this little conversation. Right, right, right. All right, well staying with that theme. So if you were to uh, advise somebody in their twenties, I know that's not your chosen lane, but if you were to advise, uh, advise someone in their twenties, how to properly prepare uh, to be financially fiscal and to save for retirement, how can someone in that age range do so? Uh, Great question. I I think I'll lay out four steps. And I don't think this applies to someone just in their teens or 20s. I think this could apply to, to really anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first step would be to, to create a plan. Um, you know, you want to identify your core values, write down your dreams, analyze your current financial situation. What is your income? What is your expenses? What's your debt? Um, are you saving money? What's your tax rate? You know, just, just kind of take an inventory of where you are. And then the next thing I would have you do is create a task of the things you need to accomplish for the next 90 days, the, the, 
the, you know, I need to get this statement. I need to update this, this address. I need to do whatever those kind of small tasks are. So the step one is, is creating the plan. This is the map that gets you from point A to B. And if you don't have the plan, any road will get you there. Um, so the plan is that structured piece on paper, on purpose, that, that gives you direction. The second step would be to eliminate, you know, most debt, most notably, you know, student loans, credit cards, uh, anything with high interest. And I'm a big advocate of um, the Dave Ramsey debt snowball, starting with your lowest debt first and paying that off uh, and working your way to the highest debt. Step three is to, to start investing. Uh, and that would be to invest in assets like, you know, the stock, stock market or, or real estate or something that can generate cash flow positive return so that you can take that income and as you move into retirement turn that income switch on for sustaining your life and then the final step would be you know to track your progress so just go back you know every six months or once a year and, and review the plan kind of re-go through the process all over again what progress have you made what progress did you slip on you know where can you adjust and make these um these adjustments along the way to really continue to kind of fortify uh, your financials. So uh, again, to summarize, create a plan, eliminate debt, invest, and then track your progress. Well, yeah, those are, yeah, you're right. Those are timeless messages. (laughs) All four steps are. Uh, All right. So you uh, talked about uh, basically being a vagabond of the South. (laughs) So, uh, uh, why did your uh, circuitous route uh, take you from Arkansas all the way to Tennessee? Yeah, so uh, my parents divorced when I was four. I was, you know, just started kindergarten, um, and uh, father had had been in the industry and had after my parents divorced, ended up in Tennessee. Again, we have a great relationship. We've always had a great relationship. Um, and so, you know, just as I aged and got older, it was, you know, you're going to come work with me in Knoxville. And again, I think early on, it was kind of like a joke. I think he really, he really wanted to, that was part of his dream is, you know, passing the business down to a son and, and um, creating this kind of multi, you know, uh, or multi-generational uh, firm um, and so I think partly I fulfilled part of his dream, but in doing so, I fulfilled what's now my own dream. And that's having the privilege and honor to work with, um, you know, my dad. And so that's really what led me from, from Arkansas to Tennessee. He lived in Tennessee. He's lived in Tennessee. Um, most of my time growing up, uh, I love it in Tennessee. I, I say as a joke, the best thing out of Arkansas is I-40 um, and, and there are parts of Arkansas I love, um, but I, I don't know that, uh, I, I, I wouldn't trade Tennessee for Arkansas. Um, I, I love it where I'm at. Jonathan Bedner on the other side. This is 
Revelations. That's why we here on this platform. Marriage, a loving splendor, a daily grind. Such is the case when Damien and Jamie get together and chop it up, for marriage is real. Just, let's just lay it all out here. Let's just be real with it. Join this wonderful couple who keeps it real and always in love. BS3 Network proudly presents Marriage is Real, where love is the only thing that matters. Live every Tuesday at 8.30 Central. Oh, and Jamie has something to say. Deuces and trays. Coca-Cola is the perfect soft drink for the holidays. Whether you're a young adult or a seasoned vet, eating tacos, soul food, or a traditional holiday meal, Coca-Cola pairs with it all. Picture this, sitting down with your family, friends, eating a delicious meal with a Coca-Cola on the table. There's nothing better. Better yet, watching your favorite football team score a touchdown with a Coca-Cola in your hand. Enjoy the real magic of the season by surrounding yourself with good friends and family, delicious food, and of course, an ice-cold Coke. The holidays always find a way. Coca-Cola. What's on E. Dicka's mind? A and B, I'm going to see my way out of it. Because why? I don't care. I have a message for people who do nothing but complain about black people. We can't change who we are. You called the cops on me? I think that every time you call the cop on someone on a false accusation, your need to be a little bit punished. BS3 Network proudly presents a man with a lot to say and it's unabashed to say it. What's on E. Digger's mind? Sundays at 7.30 p.m. Central. Check your local listings for your viewing and listening pleasure. Certified financial planner, author, and podcaster, John the Bedner joins me on Revelations. He has opened the way and walked across that bridge. Now it is time for us to get behind the purpose. Now, with Behind a Purpose, it is the reason why we function the way we do. The word goals seems to be important to you, but not in the way that people would think. So why do you believe the word goals is a buzzword? Great question. Um, We are trained to set these goals. I want to bench press 250 pounds. I want to lose weight. I want to run faster. I want to save money. I want to do this and that and the other. And the way that society has 
taken shape over the last 20 years. There's, there's uh, not a whole lot of either incentive or consequence for either meeting or not meeting those goals. So I'll give you an example. We set these New Year's resolutions every year, or a lot of people do. Um, and 30 days in, you know, they haven't made any progress or they've given up or whatever. And so um, they just reset the same goal. Well, I didn't make it, so I'll just restart on February 1st, and we'll just set a new goal of losing 20 pounds again or walking a mile a day or whatever it is. Um, and so that really kind of got me thinking that, you know, we say we set these goals, a million dollars by retirement, lose 20 pounds, you know, have less screen time, whatever they are. But it's just a buzzword. It makes us feel good when you and I talk, Cole. I have all these goals. Mm-hmm. Um, but many of us don't live them out. And that's where I started saying goals is a buzzword. And until you actually have consequences for yourself for not meeting the goals or true incentives for meeting the goals that you personally set on yourself as kind of boundaries, um, then you're just going through the motions of setting goals to say you to you know to say you set the goals. Um, so that that is really where I think about uh, the goals and and really how I think they fail a lot of us. Now there's some people that are obviously very driven, can set the goal, they can you know accomplish it, and that's great. But for a lot of us, it's it's going through the motions and and. That leads me back into, you know, I think if you set goals around your core values and your dreams, then you've got something that pushes the purpose, the fulfillment. Like you, you want to see it happen. I'll, I'll give you an example. Writing my first book, What the Wealth, um, A Guide to Financial Clarity for Professionals and Families, is a, is a book about uh, money 101, basic personal finances. The book is dedicated to my daughter. and. I obviously wanted to write a book for, for business and, and to get my message out there. Um, but I also wanted something that no one could take away from her. I, the special bond that we have. And now my second book is dedicated to my son, but that's the sort of thing. Like if, if I had to think to myself, you were going to dedicate this to your daughter and now you can't even come up with the time to finish it. How, how important is your daughter? I've created a major consequence in my head. Um, so the book had to get done because not only was I letting myself down, more importantly, I was letting her down. Um, so I I think that's kind of the way I think about it. You got to tie these to your core values and your, and your dreams so that you do have the purpose, you do have the fulfillment. And that's where you're really going to see your goals take off. But I talk in the terms of dreams, not goals, because I do want it to be purposeful. Now, you seem to really have a passion for helping retirees. So how did you develop such a passion to financially help them? Uh, A lot of it's just been in the business for as long as I have. I think this is my 13th year in the business. It wasn't till probably year five or six or seven that I really kind of came about my own um, and, and started you know, coming up and creating content, you know, the books, the podcast, I do a lot of LinkedIn doodles. Um, But, you know, I knew from from my childhood experience that 
I wanted to be able to help others as they, you know, have questions and not know where to turn to. Um, and so, you know, that's led me to helping, you know, retirees and young professionals too, you know, 30s and 40 year old people as they, as they move and approach retirement. Um, so I, I think it's just, it's been a, a developed over time. You know, I, I a lot of it is like a, a you know a wayfinder. You know, I came in working with with dad, and I don't know if you've seen the movie Moana, but there's a scene in there where uh, Maui and Moana are sailing this boat. You know, Moana is ultimately on the search for the heart of Defiti to restore humanity and civilization for our community, and he, he's talking and he says, "This is not going to be the exact quote, but he's he's talking about wayfinding, and we're not talking about." you know, the specific knots or sales, but, but really evaluating where you are and where you want to be so that you know where you want to go. And over the last five, six, seven years, I think that's really what's happened is, you know, as I came in, I understood the basics and I, and I knew, you know, concepts, mm-hmm. but it's taken me a little while to create what my own vision is and my own uh, way of working with people. And, and much like when I first came in and dad was letting me become my own wayfinder, now mm-hmm. I'm doing that for clients. You know, I guide and coach and help and ask questions mm-hmm. and talk, but, you know, I'm helping people, you know, create their own way so that they can, you know, restore their own inner peace. It, it's always better when it's, it's there uh, vision. It's their purpose. It's their, I can give people strategies and run the numbers and all that all day long, but if they don't believe in what they're doing, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's not going to work. So yes, I mean, it's a combination of, you know, looking at where they are today and how do we improve that? Um, but ultimately, you know, we will lay out two or three options. So you know, if you do this, this happens, if you do that, that happens, if you do this happens now, let's go back and see why is money important to you? What are we trying to accomplish? And then they'll answer, and then we can say, okay, well, if that's the case, like this, this option definitely doesn't make sense. Now, now we're just talking about these two. Right. And most of this stuff isn't necessarily right or wrong. What we're trying to do is just progress to the next step. Right. And then once we get to the next step, to your point, is, is continue to refine and get better. And, and mm-hmm. um, we're just trying to make sure that there's activity and there's not inaction, because if we're progressing and we're moving forward, then you're getting better. I love hearing that. I love hearing that. And I'm glad that you're the type of financial financial planner that actually motivates those for to the, toward that action. That is really good. So what does the move from financial confusion to financial confidence look like? Uh, a lot of it is, is kind of going into that early uh, create a plan kind of uh, process. So the, the, the question or the comment that I say all the time is, um, you know, am I doing the right thing? And what even is the right thing? I mean, we don't know what we don't know. So the, the confusion is just the noise we hear outside the TV media talking, the newspapers, the magazines, the, you know, the, the you know radio podcast what it's just it's floods of information all the time right um, and 
And it just leads to inaction. I don't know what to do. I don't know the right steps to take. I'm not sure who to trust. And um, the confidence comes when, you know, you decide, look, enough is enough. I got to block the noise out. I got to create a plan and we got to start finding someone that I can trust, whether it's, again, the personal trainer, the financial coach, the business boss, you know, whoever it is, you're trusted, confident so that you can actually lay out that plan, that roadmap, and that guide um, <clears throat> so that you can be making your know, progress, taking those those next steps. Um, I think of them in 90-day increments. You know, what do I need to do the next 90 days to advance? Um, and if you don't get them all, that's fine. If you got six of them and you got one done out of the six, that's fine. You leave five on, you add another one, but you got something done and you probably wouldn't have anything done if you didn't create the plan. So, you know, again, we're talking about just taking a look at where you are in life, where you want to go, and then what that document needs to be to, to get you moving in the right path. More with Jonathan Bedner after the break. Poppy J. If it wasn't consensual, you got to protect the parties. You got to be cautious. But this is two consensual adults. There's nothing to protect. Why is El Jefe? Could that be? Could, could it be that? Could it be that? That he, he not getting the box all the time. He not getting that slobber knocker. BS3 Network proudly presents... The crew from the New York boroughs who never wants that smoke. Nah, they want that fire. Poppy J and Wise El Jefe, Fridays at 10 p.m. Central. Check your local listings for your viewing and listening pleasure. Are you looking for something to do on your lunch break? Well, there's a show on the BS3 network that has only four words to say to you. We ready. We ready. We ready. With AJ, powered by JMNE. Live weekdays at noon central. You want to watch these interviews commercial free? Well, now you can. Revelations is on Patreon. Become a patron today.
certified financial planner, author, and podcaster Jonathan Bedner enjoys me on Revelations. He has opened the way. He has walked across the bridge. He has given us the reason why he is the way he is. Now it is time to bring it all to light. Now, all of us shine in a unique way, and, well, Jonathan, you are of no exception. Uh, what the wealth? So which came first, the book or the podcast? Um, the, the first book and the podcast came about, about the same time. So okay. uh, I was working on the book technically first. Mm-hmm. Um, and but but both went live January of 2020. So okay. um, and then the second book went live June of this year. So um, first book and podcast were about the same time. OK. All right. All right. Uh, would you say each of them uh, follow the same path or are there different variations book to podcast? Yeah, there's different variations. The podcast is usually, you know, a 15 to 20 minute where I'm talking about a specific strategy or I'm talking about, you know, identifying your core values and dreams or we're talking about some news headline or, you know, some some more timely piece of information. The books are, are tend to be a little bit more um, encompassing you know, long-term truths, maybe just things to be thinking of as you build out your plan. Some of them have some specific strategies, but maybe not as many details as I would go through in a podcast. So it's a little bit different. Um, it's a little bit different medium, uh, obviously in the way it's presented. One's in audio and the other one's in you know, written format. Um, but they're also trying to convey slightly different messages. I don't get quite in the weeds Um in the book as I would be on the podcast talking strategy. I can understand that. Okay. All right. What did you like, which did you like more? Uh, did you like writing the book? Uh, do you like doing the podcast? Which, which, which of the, what the wealth um, creative flow did you like better? They all, they all scratch different itches. So, right. you know, the, the first book dedicated to my daughter, the second book dedicated to my son are two huge milestones that can't be taken away from any of us. So I, I love that. I'm not a writer by, by, by trade, by passion. So um, writing is a little bit harder for me. Um, super proud of the accomplishments that, that I've been able to do by getting those published. Um, the podcast is, is uh, I'm a quick start. So when I, I took a Colby on myself and I'm a, I'm a quick start and a visionary. So it's real easy for me to say, you know, I want to write a book and then, you know, what do you do then? Um, <laughs> or I want to do a podcast. The podcast aligns more with this quick start mentality. Right. Oh, the inflation reduction act that was just passed. I can do a mm-hmm. quick 15 minute podcast on that and get it out. And that kind of solves that quick start personality I have where something like a book takes a a much longer time, you know, 12, 18 months to see come to life. So um, I'm, I'm proud of both, but they're, they're, they're two different animals. 
Yeah. Being as though I've done both, I agree with you. It is two different <laughs> animals. No question about that. All right. So how did you be how did you officially become a certified financial planner? Lots of studying. So mm. you go through you, mm. know, you have to have a, a bachelor's degree to even qualify. And then you'll go through there's usually a six month to year long program studying, uh, you know, kind of uh, on your own. Um, at the completion of that, there's usually a capstone project that you got to complete that says, uh, you know, here's a whole bunch of scenarios. You put together a financial plan. It, it's a little bit more around strategy and not so much, you know, the 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 you're, you're, it's a fake it's a fake scenario. So it's it's not mm-hmm. like you're given a, a having like real behavioral, emotional conversation with people. But once you do that, then you go and actually you take another, the real test. So it's kind of three projects. You got the the coursework, the project, and then the real certification test, which took about another three months to study. The test is about seven hours long. Um, it's They don't tell you pass or fail. They just tell you if you fail. Uh, mm. They don't give you a score. So it's not like you made an 80 and you passed. It's mm-hmm. either you pass or you fail. Um, and and so it kind of leaves some um, wonder, like, how did mm-hmm. you really do? But it's it's so much work, you almost don't care. Just once you pass, you pass. But <laughs> I knew to advance my career and my um <clears throat> just my authority and my thoughts and my, and just the way that I want to conduct myself as a financial planner, it was important for me to have a certification that the industry looks at and bestows as, you know, one of the highest designations you can have. Um, And I want, I knew that I wanted to align myself with, with those core values, someone that is a fiduciary that has integrity, that, you know, is going to act in the client's best interest. Um, and, and, you know, aligning my core values to that was something on a professional level was, was very important to me. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that it is important. <laughs> I totally can see that. All right. So in researching you, I, I just came upon your website and I saw this wonderful uh, verbiage called the one page wealth plan. Uh, so what is that in particular and how can it benefit someone like me? Yes. Great question. So that is the way that we do our one page or our, our financial planning process. So, um, the, the way that it works is financial planning in general is a bunch of inputs and a bunch of outputs. And the way that it gets generated is on these massive documents that are 40, 50, 100, 300 pages long, and no one looks at them. Uh, it's it's a lot. People don't understand them. It's jargon. And so what, what I set out to do was to make retirement planning simple, re- simplify retirement planning. And I did that by creating the one-page wealth plan. Um, and so what we do is we walk through a process to again, identify core values and, and dreams. And then we look at some, some KPIs, some key performance indicators. So this will be income, net worth, debt, 
tax bracket, savings rate, that sort of stuff. And then we start to look at what are the five big risks in retirement, which I believe are inflation, taxes, longevity, how long we're going to live, how you plan to use your income or your, your retirement accounts, your investments to supplement withdrawals or retirement income in, in retirement, and then behavior, how we uh, react uh, emotionally and behaviorally to money challenges. So we will create different strategies inside of each one of those risks um, to, to let us kind of know that we're progressing in the right way to make positive change in outcomes for the retirement plan. But And then we have a, a section for, you know, next 90 days, the task for, for short term. But what this does is it's, it's colors, it's emojis, it's pictures, it's, it's short kind of bullet points. And it's a way for, for me to hand you something, Cole, and say, hey, this is where you're at. This is what we need to work on. This is the next priority. Uh, and you can, in 15 minutes, look and digest it and, and know exactly where you are and what you need to work on versus combing through something that, you know, you'd have to be a you know NASA engineer to figure out what these some of these reports say. So I just wanted to, to make retirement planning simple. Um, colorful and fun and easy to understand without the friction of um, this grandiose plan that's just, Frank actually just causes more confusion than it does help. I know there's risks to retirement. What are the five biggest ones? The five biggest risks are Inflation, which we're experiencing now at 40-year highs in, in America. Um, taxes, um, high, higher taxes are potential in the future. Um, and if all your money is saved in pre-tax, you know, 401k, IRAs, that sort of stuff, um, then part of that money, when it comes out, will be taxed later. So you got a tax bomb in your retirement accounts that many people don't realize. Uh Longevity, how long you're going to live. We've, I've got clients that are 100 plus years old, several in their you know, late 80s, early 90s. What we got to do is make sure that as long as there's life, there's money. We can't let money run out and there's still life on the other side. So longevity is a huge risk to retirement. Withdrawal, how you take money and, and, and supplement your retirement income from your investments uh, is another risk. And then the final is just behavior. You know, how do you think about money? How do you make decisions? Um, and there's actually a stat that says we would rather not lose a $20 bill than to go find a $100 bill. Mm. And, you know, when you start thinking about those kind of behaviors or anchoring bias or, or you know, all the kind of cognitive biases that we have as humans, then, um, you know, we can just, we can get in our own way. And I think that's really the benefit of having an advocate in anything, a a life coach, a personal trainer, a financial planner, whatever, having someone that's not walking in your shoes because they can probably more objectively, they can't feel your emotions, but they can take some of the the subjectiveness out and and say, I understand that that's important. And and that's how you think. and, And, but here's what we need to deal with. And so, those are really the five big risks. And, and, you know, what we try to do is 
come up with these strategies um, to really solidify those so that that you know we're building the foundation on a you know on a solid foundation from the ground up um and it's not to say that you know behavioral part is something that just it's we struggle with our entire lives and and our emotions change our, our values can change our thoughts can change and so i've had clients you know one day say they want to do something and then the, the next day or the next week it is literally the opposite and it's you know, some emotion, some thought, something's changed and triggered that. And so, um, you know, having someone to talk through some of these behavioral financial scenarios with really goes a long way just to make sure you stay on track. Wow. <laughs> I'm glad that there's someone like you who's able to do that for those who can face those threats and, and even triumph be, uh, in spite of it or because of it or <laughs> overcome them. So I'm glad that there is a service like you and a person like you who can make a retirement, not such a daunting task. Totally appreciate that about you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You bring the light to many people and we totally appreciate you for doing that. Certified financial planner, author, and podcaster Jonathan Bedner joins me on Revelations. And we now have come to the time where we go plug tuning. And this is where we allow our guests to plug or promote anything to his or her, in this case, his heart's desire. Uh, so, with that being said, uh, Jonathan, whatever you want to plug, it does not matter how much, how long, or what, the floor is yours. Thank you, Cole. Uh, really, before I get started, I want to just thank you again for this opportunity. Incredibly awesome to get to spend some time with you. What what I want to challenge people, I've talked a lot about core values and dreams. And, and aside from the five big risk in retirement, I would just like the listeners of today's podcast to, to take some time to reflect inside themselves personally and just write down the things that are most important to them, their core values. Um, and, and then start thinking about, you know, your dreams. And I don't mean the things that are just um, uh, the, the quick, easy things, but the things that really drive purpose and fulfillment um, so that you know really what your life is about. You can pursue the things that make you the happiest. So those are my two takeaways for your listeners is to identify your core values and, and your dreams. For me, um, you know, I would love to have uh, you all go to Amazon, type in What the Wealth, Jonathan Bedner. You'll see both books there. Um, the, the What the Wealth, Identify Your Core Values, Reignite Your Dreams, and Combat the Five Big Risks to Retirement is the newest book. comes out in hard copy, uh, ebook copy, and a paperback copy. Uh, you can follow me. On YouTube, Jonathan uh, Bedner, What the Wealth, you'll find my channel there. Uh, I have a podcast that you can find on Apple, iTunes, anywhere podcasts are, are, you know, listen, Spotify, wherever they are, uh, at What the Wealth. 
Um, and then finally, you know, my website, whatthewealth.com, all of those are great places to, to find me. Well, there you have it. Certified financial planner, author of the book, What the Wealth, and podcaster of the same name, What the Wealth, Jonathan Bedner. Jonathan, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me, Cole. I had a great time. Thank you. way of life for anyone trying to keep what they've earned over the course of time. Sometimes, many who are at the age of retirement think people want to leave them penniless. Then, there's Jonathan Bedner. Partnering up with his father has taught Jonathan a lot of lessons. One of those lessons has turned into a passion, which is to help as many over the age of 65 protect their money as possible. The Bible says... The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is the slave of the lender. In a dog-eat-dog and seeing citizens are forgotten type of society, the scripture tells a powerful truth. It's great, though, to know of a financial manager who wants to keep everyone secure in what they've earned, and even make some more wealth on top of it. Besides, if there were more wealthy people in the world, this paradigm shift would be everlasting. Many thanks to Jonathan Bedner for giving us his uh, take on life. And why don't you join us every single Tuesday on YouTube and every Friday on the BS3 Network well, you will see a different person in the guest chair being interviewed by yours truly each week. For changing the world one conversation at a time. I am Cole Johnson, and this has been Revelations. Thank you for tuning into Revelations. To download this episode, go to ACAST and type Revelations. For apparel, go to Spring and type Revelations. Music by Lakey Inspired. Inspired.